0: As we uh, move out of that beautiful time of worship and hearing the word, why don't we just hold a moment of quiet as we come to reflect on God's message to us tonight. Father, we thank you for your message of truth. We thank you for the most special gift of Jesus. We thank you tonight that we get to come to it fresh and hear what you're saying to us for this moment. So we pray, Lord. We pray, Holy Spirit, for your presence to move among us as we come to hear and receive your word to us. For your glory alone. Amen. Well, good evening to you. My name is Tom, if you don't know me. I am one of the uh, curates here at Holy Trinity, uh, and it's always a joy to be speaking, a particular joy to be speaking at this service, which um, is a, yeah, it's one of my favourite services of the year. I look forward to it all year. I've got a little bit of FOMO this year that I'm not in the band, sad times, but um, they're definitely not missing me from what, what we've seen so far. This is uh, fantastic times of worship we've been having together. So, we've been asking the question tonight what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Well, if you're anything like me, you are probably waiting for some kind of delivery to arrive at any point of any day. There's always a delivery. Incoming. Just like in the video, I don't know if you noticed at the beginning of the service with the Amazon package, um, it seems like I'm always waiting for something. Whether it's like um, I don't know, a jumper, uh, a new jumper, uh, a new piece of tech, um, a new like gadget or something, or maybe just like a plain old supermarket delivery, I'm always waiting for something. And I'm going to be honest here. I'm a really big fan of Amazon Prime. I know it's. I know Amazon. You know. Pros and cons, and I know that Prime, you know, there's kind of good things and bad things about it, but it's so convenient, isn't it? It's so incredibly convenient. I can remember that I need something by 4 p.m. one day, and then I put the order in, and like it turns up by lunchtime the next day. It's incredible. It's insanely quick. I can even track it every step of the way. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this on the app on your phone, so you know how many deliveries the driver's gotta make before he gets to you, uh, and you can see exactly when it's going to be delivered. What's not to like? But I don't know if you know this. There is another. There's a new level to Amazon Prime. If you have um, a, a, an Echo device with Alexa on it, you know what? You know what I mean? You know what Alexa is? How, how many people um, have a talk to Alexa? Anyone? Yeah, there's quite a few of you. A lot of people have kind of Alexa in their hose now. It's the, it's the Amazon digital assistant that you can talk to a little bit like um, Siri or. or or, hey, Google, or one of those things. I'm really sorry if I've triggered that online. If somebody's watching, I said, hey, Google, sorry. I triggered your device. Um, But the other day, when I got a receipt email um, from Amazon for something that I ordered, I noticed there was this really um, short line of text, really small writing. It it just says, a picture of um, an Echo speaker. It just says, just ask, Alexa, where's my stuff? It's pretty crude, isn't it? If ever there was like a you know, representation of our modern consumerist values, it's there. Alexa, where's my stuff? Again, I've probably triggered that for loads of you at home. I'm really sorry. Um, but it's mad, isn't it? If you're not content with ordering something, you know, it turns up the next day and you're tracking it every step of the way. If you get bored waiting in those few hours in the meantime, all you need to do is just say, Alexa, where's my stuff for a real-time update? How easy. How convenient. As a culture, we have basically abolished the idea of waiting. Unless we haven't. Let me ask you. Does it feel like that? Is your life complete? Because if it's not, you're definitely waiting for something. My life isn't complete. So that's why tonight we're asking this question, what are you waiting for? And to help us think about this, we've heard from three um, really wonderful passages of the Bible, um, and I don't know if you noticed, the first one was from Isaiah, um, from the Old Testament, so this is like 700 years uh, before Jesus was born, at the very first Christmas, and these are the words of Isaiah the prophet. Um, speaking to people, to to God's people, who were kind of a bit lost. Um, They were pretty disillusioned. Their life had gone a bit wrong. They couldn't understand why they they kept making really bad choices. And they were a bit kind of bewildered by their own suffering. So Isaiah kind of comes to them, and he speaks these words of hope to them. He tells them that God will send a saviour child to rescue them from their suffering. He says those words, You will break... The yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. And then in our last reading that we just heard read just now, that was all about the fulfillment of that promise from 700 years before. You probably know uh, the reading, it's probably familiar if you've been to any kind of Christmas services over the years. It's, you know, the angel visits the shepherds and um, the angel's telling the shepherds that this promise. This promised saviour has arrived. The answer to all the mess-ups, the wrong choices, you know, the the light, the life, the rescue, he's turned up in Bethlehem, the way back to God. This is the words of the angel. The saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. So that's all good, right? That's kind of God's version of Amazon Prime, isn't it? He, he promises, and then he delivers, a little bit like Amazon. The problem is, it isn't that simple, because um, way, way back before the very first Christmas, if you go back like 1,500 years before that, before Jesus was even born, 1,500 years before that, God's people had been living, ever since then, they'd been living in kind of almost like perpetual fear, They'd been enslaved by the Egyptians. They'd been intimidated by the Canaanites. They'd been routed by the Philistines. They'd been conquered by the Assyrians and the Babylonians. They'd been exiled by the Persians and the Medes. And before we even get to Jesus, you know, if you know your history, they were living under the um, Roman Empire. The Romans had basically invaded and, and conquered them. Generation after generation of God's people had died kind of fearful for their lives and their homes. And they were hoping that they would be the ones that would see God's promise fulfilled, this rescuer come and save them. 1,500 years of waiting to be rescued. That's the longest Amazon Prime order ever, isn't it? They had to wait 800 years for Isaiah. That was just like the, you know, when it says like item out for delivery, that was like 800 years to that point. And there was another 700 to actually wait for Jesus to arrive. And that's why that middle reading that we heard tonight is particularly important. The reading that we heard about this man called Zechariah, who received some good news. An angel came to him and said that he, even though he and his wife were too old to have children, they were going to be blessed with a son. But it's kind of even bigger than that, because the angel tells them that this child is going to prepare the way for the promised savior the rescuer to come so just just hold on a second pause for a moment put yourself in zechariah's place your whole nation is waiting 1500 years for a rescuer generations of fear of oppression of slavery and you're told by god that your miracle child It's going to be the one who prepares the way for that rescuer to come. And then that baby arrives. What's your response going to be? You know, your own baby arrives. Do you ask God, well, what now? What happens next? Alexa, where's my stuff? Alexa, where's my saviour? Have a listen to what Zechariah says. Listen to what his response is on the birth of his son. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. Notice how Zechariah is speaking here. The saviour, Jesus, hasn't even been born yet, but Zechariah is speaking as if he's already here. He doesn't say, maybe we're going to be rescued. He doesn't even say, God, would you hurry up and come and rescue us? He says, we have been rescued. No more waiting. No more, Alexa, where's my stuff? God has delivered. But just for one second, I have to think, like... Does, does changing something from future tense to present tense, does it really make that much difference? Isn't it just semantics? What actual difference does it make to Zechariah's life? Well, read again. Read what he says. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear. I wonder tonight how many of us would love to have that same kind of faith that confidence that kind of freedom from fear that Zechariah expresses there because if we're honest fear plays a massive part in our culture today doesn't it already spoken about one tonight I said talked about FOMO didn't I fear of missing out fear of being left out fear of not being seen Fear of being seen for who we really are. Fear of getting old. Fear of dying. Fear of being unpopular. Fear of being unsuccessful. I don't know how many of those things you relate to, but for me, that's like a mental tick list, almost with every single one. And the last two years, during the season of pandemic, has been brutal, hasn't it, in exposing all of those fears. And the changes in the past two weeks with you know, o- Omicron potentially ramping things up again, it's brought everything back to the surface. And if you're anything like me, you know, I cover my fears over with stuff. Instead of asking why I'm fearful, I tend to just kind of shift my hope onto the next thing, you know, the next jumper, the next pair of jeans, the next haircut, the next iPhone, the next job, the next season of life. But all we're doing, if we do that, is self-medicating. Instead of asking myself what I'm really waiting for, my prayer becomes, you know, God, just get me out of this. Get me onto the next thing. Make it happen quicker. God, get rid of all the stuff that I'm afraid of. Alexa where's my stuff and the thing is it's like a vicious cycle isn't it because it just makes it worse it doubles the fear it means that i just keep wanting the next thing because i'm afraid of missing out on the next thing and the next you know i buy a new iphone and they release another one in, in a year and i want that one we're worried about missing out Zechariah's words to us tonight challenge us to ask a deeper question. What if what we're waiting for is already here? You know, the coming of Jesus, when he did arrive after 1500 years of waiting. It doesn't you know, scrub away all the stuff that God's people were afraid of. You know, he didn't rise up a, a big army and suddenly kick out the Romans. And it, it's the same for us. You know, We will miss out on stuff. We will be left out. We will all grow old. We will all die eventually. We will all fail at some things. Christmas doesn't mean that the things that we're afraid of disappear. But it does mean that we have a saviour who came to conquer fear and get rid of the fear itself. Jesus' birth, his life, his death on the cross and his resurrection invite us into something that is much bigger than all of our fears. We had a glimpse of this, didn't we, in those wonderful testimonies we heard earlier from, from Ben and Martiana. Weren't they amazing? You know, I trust in something bigger than ourselves. A hope that transcends fear. It sounds like something really worth waiting for, doesn't it? Hope of a relationship with the God who made us. Hope of eternal life with him. The hope that came to earth 2,100 years ago. The king of the universe was wrapped in strips of cloth and placed in a manger so that tonight you can choose that same hope and be freed from fear. Just like Zechariah says, Christmas means... We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear for as long as we live. Omicron, another Christmas disrupted, isolation, illness, perhaps life put on hold again. All of our worst fears coming back to the surface again. This is big stuff, isn't it? But know this tonight, Jesus is bigger. So tonight, how will you respond? We can throw up our hands, we can put our hope in the next thing. We can say, Alexa, where's my stuff? Or we can put our hope in the God who has already delivered it. What are you waiting for? He's here.